What's up, y'all? Shoe Booty Sports coming at you. Normal time, sort of. Tuesday night, it's all the same to you. Uh, this is your host, Grandpa, co-host Bradley Brown. Say what's up, Brad. Say hello to Brad's mustache while you're at it. What's happening? A uh, couple things here and there. First, let's give a quick shout out to our sponsor before we get to tonight's episode. Shoe Booty Sports is presented by Rhino Races. Rhino Races is a virtual race series that offers five different races, a 5K, 10K, half marathon, a marathon, and the Rhino Ultra. Sign up for one or all five of their races at rhinoraces.com. Run your race at your convenience. Track it with your fitness app of choice. Screenshot your results as proof of completion. Once those results are verified by Rhino Races staff, submit those to rhinoraces.com under the submit results section, by the way. Your award will be shipped to you by mail after your results are verified. Also, check out their gear section for T-shirts, wristbands, decals, and more. Again, rhinoraces.com. Rhino Races is the premier virtual running series. Also, you can find us, Shoe Booty Sports, on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, the Wisdom app, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitter at Shoe Booty Sports. Okay, so a couple things. Football is kind of around the corner. A lot of things happening in college football right now. Uh, as far as big-time conferences go, or what used to be big-time conferences. We'll get to that here in a bit. Uh, first, let's touch up a little bit on the U.S. women's soccer team. All right, so they are done. Uh, they were ousted by Sweden. I don't think anybody that's been paying even a remote amount of attention would be surprised by that. Earliest exit ever for the U.S. women's soccer team. Again, they didn't start playing that this is in the World Cup now. Now, they didn't start World Cup play for the women until 1991. Okay, so just to put things into perspective. But the U.S. women's national team has been the most successful country in that span, winning four World Cups, I believe, four of them, including the last two. Uh, you could tell going in just, just early on, even, even after, I guess, the game against Vietnam where they only won 3 nothing. this team isn't as good as advertised. That was confirmed in the ties against the Netherlands and Portugal. Portugal was essentially, it's a startup program on the World Cup stage on the women's side, obviously. But yeah, earliest exit ever, and it was an interesting kind of reaction that you saw on social media, which is, you know, echoed just around the country. Uh, very divided as far as supporters, and I mean, just more than you'd ever see more than I've ever seen for any national team, you know, people setting people, not only kind of rooting against them, rooting against the Americans, that's Americans rooting against the Americans, but celebrating the loss. And I caught, I didn't see the game live. I caught highlights from what I saw. It looked like the, the U S women's team was the better team of the two. But soccer is kind of a funny game, especially at that level. And comes down to PKs, it really kind of evens the playing field. And yeah, uh, Sweden got the Sweden got the best of them, best of them by one. It went into like extra PKs. I didn't realize that. I went into extra PKs. I watched all the kicks. But yeah, earliest exit ever. What what do you kind of make of the reaction? Just uh, the the backlash, the laughing emojis, and just the celebrating of the of the loss by the country. Which for, I'll, I'll start by saying, just there, are, I've heard some, not not a lot. I've heard some reaction of why are they doing this? If if you don't know why, then you haven't been paying attention. But what what are your thoughts on it? 
I thought it was hilarious. Um, the blue-haired hero just sold her penalty kick right over the crossbar. Um, yeah, I wasn't really celebrating it, but I thought it was hilarious. I didn't want to see them make a deep run. I knew they wouldn't make a deep run, and I figured they were going to get put out in the first elimination match. Um, yeah, you're right. Anybody who's been paying any kind of attention at all understands the backlash this team has received. Um, yeah, and I completely agree with it. I would say there's more people, probably a lot more people, will say that we're satisfied that Team USA lost, that we're, you know, native to America. What would you pinpoint that to exactly? Like, or like, why would they be satisfied? Because of just Rapino and just the way it, because we've seen Rapino be successful for years, right? I mean, close to a decade. Won, won an Olympic gold medal. I mean, to, to credit her, to give her credit here, Olympic gold medalist, uh, two World Cups. But we've also seen the way she celebrated. I remember in 2019, then going on like the World Cup parade tour. Like, like after they won it and just video of her clutching it, just repeatedly saying, I deserve this into the camera. Just very arrogant kind of way. Yeah, very smug. Yeah, very smug, arrogant, just in your face. But that's Rapino. I mean, Rapino is, and, and I'm not condoning it or anything, but that's her. I mean, yeah. she's very off-putting. She can be very off-putting, and that's going to... I've never seen her be on putting. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, she, yeah, she's off putting. She is, she's an activist out there. Or, or she even, wants even, soccer team. Yeah. I mean, she, she's, like I said, into activism, into uh, put, pushing, I'll just say it, false narratives. Like, let's just, let's touch up on the equal pay thing. Equal pay, if we want to talk about that a little bit, it's, it's about what you generate. What what are you bringing in? That's going to determine what you get paid. Uh, the men get paid a lot more because the men's game, like it or not, brings in a lot more money. And yeah. I saw a graph where the women actually get a higher percentage of what is brought in than the men do. Men get like 7%. I want to say the women get close to 20 I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but... I know that the women get more percentage wise, but it's not a sexist thing. It's not, it's nothing like that. It's what are you bringing? What is, what is your game bringing in? I mean, let's, let's go to the UFC for a bit back when Ronda in Ronda Rousey's heyday, Ronda Rousey was the highest paid UFC, UFC star. You know why she brought in the most money. She brought in the most viewers. Uh, she was must see TV in her prime there. If the, if the women, did that if the, if the women's soccer game brought in that kind of viewership, then they would absolutely deserve more money. But it's stuff like that. Like the, that's a that's a completely other topic. But it's stuff like that. It's you can't just race the, cars and ask for NASCAR money. I mean. Exactly. But it's it's her antics on the field. You know, just the the celebrate you know, the over celebration. I'd say it's like kind of like when Cam Newton, you know, would celebrate after every first down. That rubbed some people. I loved it personally, but that rubbed some people the wrong way. And Rapino celebrating is going to rub some people the wrong way too. And when you're an activist on the side, like it's anytime you make any, let, a lot of it's political. Like most of it's political with Rapino. 
And so you're naturally going to divide your fan base. You're, you're naturally going to piss off half the country because we're just, we're that divided. We're, we were anyway, but the vitriol is at an all time high. We're not going to turn this into a political show, but this, this is explaining why a lot of the people, maybe 50, at least a third of the country probably was pulling for, against the team. It was it was more than that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm being kind with the estimate here, but yeah, it it's when you anytime you become political, you're gonna welcome backlash when you're not successful, and even when you are successful, I mean, people are gonna attack you. But and especially when you miss a kick like that, and she, I mean, she missed it bad. Um, I heard somebody say this. I won't tr- take credit for this line, but it was somebody said, and ironically, the kick went far right. <laughs> yeah. And and her being a, a far leftist, essentially. But I, I did like that line. That was pretty good. I, I'm, I was very indifferent. I wasn't, I, I wasn't rooting against them. I didn't, I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch any of the games. But, I wasn't rooting against them, but I wasn't upset that they lost either. This is, we've kind of seen how this team has handled success. It's in a very, it's a smug, it's a smug way. You put it best. It's in a smug way that they've carried themselves. Like the team, Rapino is 38 years old. This is her last World Cup. Many would say, thankfully. Yeah. And, I will. I'm. I'm not gonna put that on other people. I'll say that myself. I mean, I. I'm. I'm glad to see her out, just because it's. She's not. She's not the player she was. She's not a good player anymore. Yeah. And she shouldn't have been in there on the PKs. That was evident by. That was evident by her kick. That was evident by her kick. But she's 38 years old. She's just. She's not a good player anymore. You could have uh, made the argument. She probably shouldn't have been on the team. But. You could. If she won two World Cups, but. Yeah, I mean, she she was a legacy ad for sure. I mean, she you could say she earned her spot just based on previous years, but it's she at least I she shouldn't have been out there for the PKs. Absolutely, they're absolutely not. And yeah, it it's just I don't know. It was how how this team will be remembered. Uh, it probably is the most unlikable U.S. women's uh, soccer team that we've seen, and like no matter no matter what side you're on, um, this wasn't a team that you know brought fans together where everybody was cheering for them. It was a divisive fan base, and that's what you're going to get when you've got someone like Rapino on the forefront, who's a political activist and will continue to be. You know what outside of her playing career she won't make as she won't make as much noise as far as the spotlight probably just because she's not going to be in just because she's not going to be an active player so she's not going to get that kind of attention but anytime you have that anytime you have like a a hardcore activist um you know at the forefront of your squad i mean that's what you're going to get you're going to get supporters but you're going to get a lot of backlash too and it's just, and it's an old team. I, I'm ready to see new blood come in. And 
part of it was this is like I said, this is an older team, right? This is an older team, and the rest of the world is starting to catch up. Like I said, the World Cup on the women's side wasn't started until 91. Portugal's starting things now. Um, other countries are starting to put money into the women's game uh, to, to see their girls, you know, see what they can do with uh, the most advantages that they can get as far as being brought up to play, et cetera. So I, I don't think it's going to be necessarily USA dominated like we've seen. I think we're going to see more of an even playing field and. You know, as an American, you want to see your country win, but for the game itself, it'll be good to see more balance, I, I think, as far as that goes. Uh, anything else to add there as far as that and just leveling the playing field? Uh, yeah, I'm, I think they're, you know, they've caught up and they'll probably pass us up as popular as, you know, world football is everywhere else in the USA. So it might be a while before the women win a World Cup again. Yeah, maybe. I don't I don't know. Uh just because men have more options though. You know, men have more options. They have football, they have baseball at the professional level, things like that, as far as in this country. And that's why you don't see as many. That's that's not gonna be a lot of men's first choice to play is soccer you you, don't, you have to be brought up like a certain way to to really get into soccer at that level uh here in this country where in other countries that's the sport to play and it always has been uh at least here in the states there aren't as many options like that for women so a lot of them are going to continue to stick with soccer i would think but i think it is going to be more of a level playing field and You'll have like like Japan is coming back on. Uh, I haven't they haven't played again. I don't think since you know we last spoke. But that eleven plus goal differential, that's uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Uh, a lot of really good teams left. So I'll probably catch the final. I'm not going to lie. I'll probably catch the final. But yeah, um, I mean, just one more just thing to add with the team. Uh, like Rapino was the one that got the most attention. You know, Megan Rapino has always been the one that's gotten the most attention in the last decade. And even though not every player on the team is going to think and feel the same way she does about everything and be as outspoken as she was, but a lot of players on that team were. And they and that team essentially adopted and took on the personality of Rapino. And they were outspoken on certain things, and yeah, so you're gonna have you're gonna have backlash, and no one should be surprised by that. So, like I said, I wasn't rooting against them, but I can understand why people were, and I'll I'll put it at that. And she had a great career, not the way you want to go out, especially your last kick. But yep. you know, no one can also take away two World Cups and a gold medal, so. But it's time. It's time for... It's like when things aren't going well for a coach that led a team to prominence. Like, But then as time goes on, you don't have the same success. Sometimes it's good to get a new coach in there uh, just to kind of refresh the program. I feel that way in a sense with the, the women's soccer team. 
it's time to get younger time to develop some younger talent and see what else we can do and i would even say probably the the u.s women's soccer team like directors and all that they're probably going to look at this and see what they can do to not let this happen again they don't want this kind of backlash you know in the next world cup or olympic games etc i imagine i mean they're not going to say don't be yourself but let's not let's not necessarily go the rapino route and bring on detractors like essentially welcoming that kind of detraction for the team so is Sippy trying to make an appearance or something? What are we doing here? It's driving me crazy. Okay, just a constant stiff arm over here with Brad. Um, that yeah, using that kind of football technique. But yeah, I'll be I'll be interested to see who ends up in the final of the Women's World Cup. I will check that out. But let's move on to American football now. So the Pac-12 is done. I mean, this is this is an interesting time for college football, man. Uh, Oregon and Washington are now out of the conference. We already knew USC and UCLA were moving to the Big Ten. Now Oregon and Washington are going to be joining the Big Ten uh, in 2024. I don't know what you're going to call the conference. You're obviously going to have to rename it, although they it seemed like they never did. The Big 12 never renamed, renamed themselves. The Pac-12 is like the only conference that renamed to the correct number the big 10 has stayed the big 10 even when it was eight or 12 um the big 12 stayed at big 12 even when they were 10 or eight or whatever they were and now the the acc is starting to crumble uh florida state is they're on their way out florida state's made it very clear they're about to move on uh clemson's going to be looking back doing the same thing and the ACC is in discussions with – how much does this make sense? I mean, the the ACC is in discussions with Cal and Stanford to join the conference. How much How much sense does that make? Uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference, new members, uh, Cal and Stanford on the – I mean, it's a coastal team, I guess, but just on the complete opposite. And imagine the travel, you know, the travel you're going to have to do. It, it it makes no sense. It's nuts. Just if we're going to go this route, it looks like we're headed to like two conferences. I don't know what the plan is. I don't I don't know how this is going to work. In the SEC, they're already kind of ahead of ahead of things. For one, they don't name their conference with the number of teams. So you can just stick it Southeastern Conference and add as many as you want. But they're already getting rid of divisions because it's it's already it's not making sense with the teams that are coming in. You have, I mean, you had Missouri in the East, right? I mean, it, it made no sense. And so they're just they're doing the right thing there. They're, and and with Texas and Oklahoma, you would have had to you can't just add them to the West. So we're just getting rid of divisions. Makes sense. And I don't know what the plan is, but. As far as Florida State and Clemson, if you're the SEC, you got to be wanting to pluck those two teams, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're Greg Sankey, you want to you want to snatch those guys up because the Big Ten they have a plan. They want to one grab these top tier Pac-12 programs, which they've done. Uh, um, I mean, gosh, talk about adding 
well, top tier football programs, but then then UCLA basketball adding that to the conference too. Oh man, it's uh, and and here's the thing, too that about the Big Ten. They're making it to where they can have games on from ten in the morning to twelve o'clock at night. I mean, they're going to be dominating the TV program programs. You know, they got on. You know, they got a big deal with Fox. They're going to be able to have games on from, like I said, early morning to very late at night, and that's the only time I tune into those. You know, Pac-12 games is late when is it's late and there's nothing else on. So I'll see. And Pac-12 football can be fun. You know, a whole lot of passing, a whole lot of offense, and so that'd be the time I tune in. If you're the SEC, you definitely want to stay ahead of the game. I'm talking to Florida State. I'm talking to Clemson. I'm interested in seeing who else wants to join. You know, I don't know. I don't know what Miami's going to do. But, yeah, Florida That'd State be- and Clemson, the, the, those will be the two. Florida State, for sure, they're out. It's just it's just a matter of when, essentially. But the funny one is, you know, Cal and Stanford possibly joining the ACC. That could get interesting. But, uh, okay, so next question. Will Notre Dame ever join a conference? No. Because why would you, right? Well, you, don't yeah. need, you don't need it. You've got your you've got your your schedule has been the same schedule for seems like a century now, right? You've been playing Navy forever. You've been playing USC forever. You've got your games lined up, and you have a massive TV deal with NBC that can fund your entire program. It can fund your entire program, just your TV deal alone. And you have the prestige of Notre Dame football. You know, like them or not, they haven't won a championship since, what, 86? Is that right? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, 80s. It's been mid, a Mid-80s, it's been a minute. Uh, Lou, Lou Holtz era. But still, it's Notre Dame football. And... That's still worth a lot, and especially with NBC. So no need for them to, but it's interesting to see what's going to happen. It, it makes you it, it makes me think of Frank Broyles and how how genius of a move it was to get out of the Southwest Conference when he did and join the SEC in 92. Everybody thought he was crazy for doing that. And I mean, it turned out to be a great move. Uh, because now the Big 12 isn't the Big 12 of old, but they're at least staying alive. They're adding they're adding some teams. You're losing your top ones, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, but you're able to stay alive because you jumped on it and added more teams. Pac-12, they're just done. They're just toast. It's just a matter of time now, and it's not going to be it's not going to be very long. And and since all this talk of college football, it may it may it may me for whatever reason think of Brian Kelly's Louisiana accent. Um, it lasted for, uh, I guess a, a basketball game, halftime in a basketball game. Now he yeah. he did do a little bit of I think he did another interview like a local interview afterwards, and he still had it, still stuck around there for a little bit. But yeah, he was in Baton Rouge for forty eight hours and. All of a sudden, he'd been right. He'd been right here his whole life. So, with his family, <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. But he had a good year this year. So a lot of people have forgotten about that. I never want to forget about that, though. I'm gonna, 
I'm going to watch that probably once a year. Just his, his halftime speech to the, the fans at the basketball game uh, about his family and, you know, things like that. It, it was fantastic. And, yeah, I, I hope that never goes away. What are, what are, what do you give LSU's chances of uh seriously competing let, let's just say an SEC championship this year we're not gonna we're not gonna go as far as the national champion or making the playoff just SEC championship got a returning that, quarterback if they stay healthy man I, they've got a pretty good shot because I mean we're all expecting Alabama to have an off year. You know, there's some questions at quarterback. Uh, LSU has all those pieces there. They did really well last year. I I think they've got a pretty good shot. Now, if they can beat Georgia in the championship game, who knows? But I've been, I think they've got a good shot to make the playoffs. I think so, too. I, I don't subscribe to the Alabama's going to have a down year, maybe compared to what we expected from Bryce Young. But it's Alabama at the end of the day. What's a what's a down year for them? Three losses. Yep. Or you think they get that? I mean, Saban's gone on record. If if he loses three games in the season again, he don't think they'll have him back. He might have partially said that in jest, but uh, just partially. Um, but I do think Georgia has overtaken Alabama as the premier team of the league because they look really good, even. Like, like, I didn't think Georgia would repeat. I didn't think they were, I won't say that, that there was no shot they would repeat. But I didn't think there's they would repeat. And, yeah, undefeated season, dominant in the national championship game, squeaked by in that semifinal. But, I mean, as long as you win, you win. And you still got, you got that tight end who's just good. NFL scouts are just drooling over, and how could you not? Um, Was it Bowers? Was it Brock? Bowers could be off on that. I want to say it's Bowers, but yeah, great, great tight end, big time NFL prospect. Uh, Kirk Kirby Smart's figured it out. He's figured it out. I, I think they are the program to beat in the in the league right now. But I, I don't, I don't. Surely they safe. don't win three in a row, right? I, I I wouldn't think so. Not with, I mean Stetson. You know, wasn't anything that NFL scouts were drooling over, but the guy's a winner and the guy can just flat out play football. And he, he's even made some plays there in, you know, the Rams, uh, Rams training camp, or at least practices from what I've seen, I, you know, it's been just highlights here and there, but I mean, it's like, it, I'm like, yeah, that's Stetson Bennett. That's what he does. Here. Dak's been making a lot of highlights too. Out of I have seen some of those highlights. Uh, he's thrown dimes to DBs, man. I mean, just absolute yeah. dimes to DBs. Uh, each day. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes for the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are going to continue to be the Cowboys. Uh, a lot of hype and not a lot to show for it when it comes down to it, at least in big games. But, uh, now that we're on pro football, um, Guess what debuted tonight? Hard Knocks, which I'm gonna look. I'm gonna watch tonight when I get off of here. I do have I do have Max, so looking forward to that. Uh, I have not looked forward to Hard Knocks maybe ever. I don't know that I've ever looked forward to it. I've watched it. I, I've watched really two seasons, 
And I even then, I don't think I watched the entire seasons. Like, I, I remember the one with the Jets with Rex Ryan and the one with the Raiders with Ant- when Antonio Brown was there for that brief stint. And I remember those two, watching those two. That's when I first learned about Darren Waller before he came onto the scene. And I really didn't think like he would be, I was like, yeah, this guy looks really good on TV. But I, I played that trick, you know, of, this is just like, this is TV execs getting me excited about a guy that's just going to be subpar at the next, at, you know, when they start actually playing. Nope, Darren Waller turns, turns out he's a pretty damn good tight end as advertised there on the show. What, what do you hope to see? Well, one, are you going to watch it? Do you have Max? Are you going to watch it? Two, what do you hope to see from the from the show this season? I do not have Max, but yes, I want to watch it. Um, I don't know. I kind of want to see, you know, how Aaron Rodgers is gelling with the rest of the team. So that's the I main want, thing. I want to see a couple of things. I want to see Aaron Rodgers if we're getting the real Aaron Rodgers. Not a guy that's just a certain way in front of the cameras. You know, if we're getting like the real inside of Aaron Rodgers and his interaction interactions with this new team that he's clearly excited about, you can see that in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, I loved everything I saw, just the the interviews he did on the sideline, the way he was interacting on the sideline. Dude's having an absolute blast, having the time of his life. He is refreshed. He is refreshed and ready to play football again. And he's got that he's got that kind of drive. He's got that kind of sense of purpose about him right now. And that's going to that's going to make him dangerous an all-time talent. I really like what I'm seeing from him. I hope we see like the real Aaron Rodgers on camera. We get to see that behind the scenes. Uh, I want to see his interactions with Zach Wilson, how that's going. I want to see Zach Wilson, how he's handling things, how he's handling clearly not going to be the guy for the next two to three years, most likely. Um, what's what's his struggle been like? You know they're going to touch up on that. I, I want to see I want to see that. I want to see Sauce Gardner. You know I, I want to see that personality on camera. I'm genuinely looking forward to this. I, I'm genuinely genuinely looking forward to watching this tonight. I don't think I've ever been excited about a Hard Knocks um, show. Okay, I did watch a couple episodes of the Texans one. Probably a few. Uh, when Mallet was there and DeAndre Hopkins and it was Bill O'Brien. It was interesting, but it, but it was typical Hard Knocks. I kind I kind of lost interest, but I, I'm genuinely looking forward to this one. And those are things I hope to see from it. But uh, Netflix, I know I, I know I raved about the quarterback show, but I don't have Netflix. I've been mooching it, admittedly, but it would pop up on my TV to where it would let me do it. So I got to watch the first two episodes, and I go to episode three, and it's like, nope, nope, sorry, you, this isn't your home uh, account or whatever. And here's how you subscribe. And I was like, well, my budget doesn't allow that right now. So, but so I haven't been able to watch any more of that. But if I did have Netflix, I would be interested in seeing the Johnny Football documentary on Netflix. Johnny Manziel, I watched a preview for it, and it was Johnny Manziel. I mean, he was, I'm hesitant to say it just because I'm like running through the library of who did I think was 
more electrifying. He's probably he's probably the most electrifying college football player I've seen. Yes. Yeah. Can you can you think of one that was more at the more of that nature? Yeah. He made my jaw drop more times than I could count, man. Just unbelievable the crap that he did. Yeah, just in that Alabama game. I mean, just the year he won the Heisman. I mean, he we he he did that to us. he did that to Arkansas, but Arkansas made a lot of people. Arkansas then made a lot of people look like that. Not necessarily to that extent. I was like, man, we're making this guy look phenomenal. And then you saw him do that to Alabama, and you're like, okay, this guy's the real deal. And then sure enough, he wins the Heisman, uh, deservedly so. Had a really good. You know, second year, I guess it was tech, it was red shirt sophomore, right? Sophomore season, but you know, then goes pro and partying catches up to him, as well as being in the NFL. Not the same. So I would be very interested to see that. I'll find a way to check it out at some point. Uh, but I think that's already out. So that'd be one uh one I'd be interested in seeing. Okay, real quick, tell us about uh Bryson DeChambeau's uh fifty eight. At a live golf event on Sunday. I saw that score and was like, wow. Yeah, it's it's uh pretty much unbelievable. I mean, especially right? the especially the putt that he made on 18. It I mean, it was over 40 feet, it looked like. But yeah, a 58. I mean, you have good golfers go out and scramble and they don't even shoot that low. And you've got four four people, you know, taking the best shot. It's it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, there's been a lot of 59s. There hasn't been a whole lot of 58s. And I want to say there's just, I don't know, a handful of people who have beat that score before. I know there's been, I don't know, I think there's been 10, some maybe somewhere in the teens that shot a 58 or lower. But I never hear a score in the 50s. It's always 60, you know, something, four or whatever. And, you know, it's just as a casual golf fan, that's what you always hear is a good score. And then when I heard 58, I was like, what? Like, is that for real? <laughs> you know? And, and since it was live, I was like, are they playing like a short, is it shorter holes? Like a, you know, number of holes? Like, well, how do you get that? And they're like, no, I shot a 58. So, wow. But yeah, I wanted, wanted to touch up on that, get your take on it. Birdied the last four holes, didn't he? I believe so. It, yeah, I still can't wrap my head around it. I don't, I don't know how you do it, but he did it. That's amazing. That's probably why he gets paid a lot of money so to do that. All right, so let's touch up on some fighting real quick. Boxing, uh, essentially kind of celebrity boxing at this point, right? Uh, Jake yep. Paul beat Nate Diaz over the weekend, uh, Saturday night. I wasn't surprised at all. That pretty much went exactly the way I figured it would. Um, anytime Jake Paul is going to beat anybody that's not a professional boxer, I would I would think my money would be on Jake Paul. I mean, the guy's good for a. I mean, he the, he's good. He can fight. He can box. That's clear. Uh, he definitely outclassed Nate Diaz, a UFC fighter, and it we've def- seen definitely helped him. That Nate, you know, was hiring a kite while he was fighting he was warming up smoking a joint so was he really yeah you didn't see that i did not i mean i didn't see any of the fight i'm not gonna yeah I, I didn't i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy clip. the fight but no. now had he beaten tommy fury or something like that then i'd be like okay well uh okay the guy at least beat a pro boxer 
you know, not one that's active, but like regularly, but he beat a pro boxer, but we've seen what he can do against a pro boxer. You know, he, he took a loss uh, and he wasn't dominated or anything, but he took a loss. But I mean, that, that's against Nate Diaz. That's what I expected to see. I expected him to beat Nate Diaz and beat him easy because I mean, Jake Paul can box, but can he fight a professional? You know, and, and that's, that's what we've seen. I don't want to see him fight pro boxers, really, uh, just because I know what I'm going to get. It's it's too predictable. The only thing that would get me so excited about, like, a Jake Paul fight would be, like, if he fought Conor, like a Conor McGregor fight. Boxing, that is. Conor would kill him and knock him out. Yeah. Who would, you know, pick, who would you pick in that fight? Because Connor looked all right. I mean, Connor was a warrior against Mayweather. I mean, he he was clearly outclassed, but because yeah, it's Floyd May Mayweather. Mayweather didn't even have his foot on the gas for three quarters of the fight, though. Well, first three rounds. I mean, that was his game plan. Let's get this guy who's had a cardio problem tired early, and and it worked to perfection. But Mayweather is a, I mean, he's a magician. He's a master. He's a master at that craft, and probably the greatest boxer ever. At least, I mean, same same level as Ali, as far as I'm concerned. At least, as far as just a, you know the sweet science goes, you can't beat what you can't hit. Exactly. But who who would you pick in that fight? Boxing again. Boxing. It depends on what weight Connor's at, but I don't know, man. I at whatever probably... weight at whatever weight they agree on. Probably go with Jake Paul. He's been boxing a lot more. Connor's. You know, he boxed there for a little bit, but he's gotten back into MMA. He's, his sole concentration is not boxing. Yeah, I would pick Jake Paul just because that's his craft now, and, and we've seen what he does against MMA fighters. So that would be my pick, but that'd be the only fight I'd be excited to see him have. Okay, um, ending on this, ending on this, uh, Trey Flowers, former Arkansas Razorback defensive end, re-signed with the New England Patriots, and Shohei Otani, who leads the MLB with 40 home runs. Um did not get traded by the Angels. Was that a mistake by the Angels for an office? Uh, yeah, they could have got a lot out of him. Um, they're not. I mean, if they can't win with what they got, they're not going to win. Um, yeah. Well, I the think way, it's a, well, the I, way it's I see it, the way I see it, if you don't get a commitment from him, I'm dealing him just because I need at least a verbal commitment from you that you want to stay here for me to keep you. But we'll see what happens in the offseason. But until then, we'll see y'all next week. This is Grandpal. Brother Brown. And the mustache. And the stash.